Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode 133. I can't believe how fast this year is going. We're halfway through August, and we have a great guest today, Bruce Shear. And we are going to get started in just a second. But first, let's pay the bills. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? Now is the best time in the world to grab this book. Over 101 uh, tips on how to sell another million this year. And I'd like to say thank you to Steve Hauk and my friends at the Mattress Industry Network Group. It is a great group. If you are in the mattress business, we want you in this group. It is a group run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. If you want to learn how to network, how to build, how to market, how to sell and succeed in the mattress industry, this is the place for you. Over 2,000 strong and growing every day. Just hit that little QR code and tell them Pete sent you, and I will see you on the other side. Please welcome my guest, Bruce Shear, the CEO of Inspire Your Buyers podcast, host, author, and wearer of many hats and all things to do with sales and speaking and business. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, excited to be here. You also should have another title, and that is the separator, uh, the the title of, of how to separate yourself from the competition. Uh, I have, let me see, 133 episodes here. My first podcast was 33 episodes. That's 166 episodes. And you're the only guest who ever sent me a video. Um, <laughs> completely separating yourself from all the other uh, competitors. So congratulations on living something I'm sure that you preach to other business owners and salespeople. And, I, uh, I do, Pete. It, it's you, so funny. That video technology has been out for probably oh, 10 years or so. And uh, I rarely see it myself. I use it all the time. And uh, normally, uniformly, I get a great response from people. They they uh, just says it humanizes the whole thing, and um, you know where they get to see me, my face, um, and uh, just just my energy, my excitement. Uh, uh, gosh, one of my former clients just the other day just goes, "Oh, brought joy to my day. So fun, Bruce. Thanks for doing that. That's awesome. That's awesome. There's a little note. We'll start start off the show with that." How to separate yourself from the competition? Use personalized video. Oh, please. Yeah. I, I personally use Vidyard. Big fan of that service. It never lets me down. It's, it's really good. V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. Vidyard. Yeah. Cool. So let's get started, buddy. Um, you know, it's halfway through August and sizzling sales conversations seems very topical. Right now, um, <laughs> double entendre there, Pete. Nice. Yes, yes. So, you know, one of the things that I noticed when I was uh, watching some of your material is you really go deep. I mean, you are not a surface level guy. Your approach to business and to sales is is at a deeper, uh, more productive level. And so how did you kind of arrive at the place where you're at now and uh, what you teach? 
Uh, great question. Yeah, uh, Pete, I, I've been at this for a, a long time. I, I jokingly tell people I've never worked. I, I've been a, one of these career consultants. And, um, you know, I started off out in Asia doing a lot of go to market strategy type of consulting for, uh, Hewlett Packard, Motorola, Nortel, you know, uh, a, a lot of big IBM, lot, lots of big brands. And, um, gosh, one thing I noticed over time where I gravitated towards was just, you know, what, what's our story? You know, what, what, what are we saying here? And uh, I was always trying to figure that out just to literally simplify the, the, our go-to-market approach and strategy. And I just gravitated towards that, Pete. So the last uh, 12 years, I've just been 100% focused on the, the whole notion of a strategic narrative. How do we have a, a story that sizzles? How do we have a sales conversation that sizzles? And Pete, I'm not talking about sizzling where we're not having fun. Uh, just to give you an analogy here, um, you know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant and somebody orders fajitas and, uh, you know, everybody turns, they have to look, you know, you, you hear the sizzling, somebody's coming in, there's energy and excitement and, and that that's watchable. That That's an experience people are looking for. You know, that's fun. And and I like you, you, the way you introduced me as a, a, the great separator here. But, but, you know, how, how do we stand apart? How, how do we do that? How do we have something that sizzles? And I've been playing around with that, Pete, a little bit, um, just looking at, you know, what else sizzles? You know, believe it or not, ice cream sizzles. And, and, and it's fun. It's different. And, and it makes people stand up and pay attention. Ultimately, what we want to do is inspire around our, star, our story and the selling conversations we have. And the definition of inspire to get someone to take action. So we're, we're influencing, but at the end of the day, they're taking action and hopefully with us and, and the solution that we have to bring to them. So anyways, that's where I've been camped over the last 12 years, really helping organizations, revenue teams get that figured out and have better selling conversations at the end of the day. You know, most of the, the folks that watch this show are retailers. And nothing could be more pertinent right now. That door is not swinging the way it normally swings. And they really need uh, to fine-tune, in many cases, their story to separate themselves from their competitors, to be the uh, store that is chosen to, to visit um, when somebody needs a mattress. And also to not get put in the... Uh, same old uh, boat um, with the other retailers who may not uh, have as much integrity in terms of their operation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting thing that part of Americana is uh, is our shows, sitcoms primarily that. How do you know it's a holiday? Well, there's a mattress sale, right? And, and, and that's, we've earned that, right? I mean, and it, it's not good. I mean, hopefully when people are not getting a good night's sleep, they should be thinking, maybe I need a new mattress. Not, I can buy a mattress at 70 or 80% off, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pete, you talk about America. Uh, I do a lot of global travel. And uh, especially uh, in your domain, the, the retail space, 
I see when I travel across Europe, even, you know, I was at an airport um, over in Europe and there was a, an eatery, but on uh, etched into the glass, as you walk into that eatery, a little restaurant is the story behind that restaurant. Mm. And and just uh, oh, it, it's so darn important to sell with a story. You know what what what's it all about? You know, creating that context. And I uh, I won't go deep into this, um, but you know, of course, there's tons of research around just you know why and how humans are just so wired for story. You know that yeah. uh, it, yeah. it just creates meaning. It creates context. It 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 does create a reason to buy. It, it it's so darn powerful. And very often we we just miss that, yeah, and uh, that's one thing I'm sure we'll talk about as part of this episode is just product centricity. I, I see that mm. so deeply how um you know people do sell sell you know lead with the product and sell the product, and and it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's a it's not uh, not, not, it, not the right way. It, it, it's very sad, and and the interesting thing. Is I'm a 1099 rep. I own my own repping company, and we uh, we are 1099 reps for several companies. And the way that we make money is by selling product. And yet, I am the Pied Piper of teaching them that it's not the answer. Product mm-hmm. in and of itself is not the answer. Your systems, the way you go to market. The way you separate yourself from the competition, the way you separate yourself in terms of your advertising, the way you separate yourself with your uh, merchandise, and the way you separate yourself with your display, the way you separate yourself by making the extra effort to do really good sales training and not just let some rep at a company who never sold at retail uh, teach stupid things to your uh to your retail sales associates that don't work or they're just part of some company's propaganda. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then again, the last piece of that would be service. How do you separate yourself from the competition in terms of service? And how do you make your salespeople and your delivery people proud of the company that you are and who you are to your customer in the marketplace? If you get that stuff right, the merchandise isn't nearly as important. Not that it's not important. It is, but it only is after a customer comes into the door. Hmm. No Hmm. customers are coming in the door. It doesn't matter what product you have, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I love uh, what I... Um, what, what I saw you, when I saw you talking about, you know, this product centricity can be the death of a business. You didn't say that. I just said it. Uh, but you in a much more polished way essentially said that. And and it's so true. I mean, why are we in business? What is our purpose? Are we here to help people? wake up pain-free and happy to the degree that they can wake up pain-free and happy. I mean, they have a horrible disease or if they're just chronically unhappy, I can't help you. you buying a new mattress is not going to make everything go away. But mm. if the mattress is the problem and getting the right one gives you the kind of support and the kind of comfort that you can get a good night's sleep and you weren't before, 
it can change your life. But oh, it can absolutely. only change your life if other things are are in play. If you are, you know, you, you're in the last week of your life and you have a terminal illness. No, you are you're buying a new mattress is not going to uh, heal you. And sometimes when I listen to some retail salespeople, I get a feeling that they, they are almost saying stuff like that. And I just cringe I'm like, all right, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, P, let me take you into something here just, just for fun. Sure. I, I want to give you a little quiz. And um, I, 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 I recently, you know, when I was reaching out to you, I wanted to focus on um, this new book that I wrote. It's called Inspire Your Buyers, Go to Market with a Story That Sizzles. So it, it's the, the story side of the equa- uh, equation. But I love, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to people, I love to ask them this key question, if, if we could, uh, Pete, and I'd love to get your spin on this. You know, what are you selling at the end of the day? A product or, uh, yeah, excuse me, a, a, a problem, a product or solution or an outcome. What are you selling at the end of the day? A, a problem, a solution or an outcome? What would you say to that, Pete? We better be selling an outcome, brother, because if we're not, we're in big trouble. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, I, I love what you say in, in the book that I, I was just showing you guys. Um, this guy named John Chambers, he, uh, uh, he joined a company called Cisco Systems. That's probably the backbone of this conversation that we're having right now. They're all into the internet infrastructure side of things. You know, and he, he grew it to, you know, from 60 some billion or million to 40 billion. Oof. And I was over at a, a consumer electronics show and I met with him and one of his sales leaders at Cisco said, Hey, John, what's your one piece of advice for sales? And he said, don't sell products, sell outcomes. It was his big focus. So Pete, uh, you, uh, you share something with uh, other billionaires, Pete. Uh, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> um, but but one thing I would say um, is, it's a trick question, Pete. It's a trick question. I would contend you need to sell all three. If you want right. to get somebody to buy, you need to sell all three. Problem, solution, and outcome. What would you say to that contention, Pete? I would agree wholeheartedly. Would you? Would you? Oh, cool. Cool. I was, I was hoping you would say, because otherwise, man, everything breaks down and Bruce becomes unhappy. But uh, no, well, Bruce, it, it, here it is. Um, customers come to us with different thoughts and a different amount of intel that they've done um, on the internet, different, taking in different information, had different conversations with family members getting ready for this purchase. They're all at different places. And uh, you coming at it very high level may not be where they're coming. And a lot of times we need to take people where they're at. And yeah, we're going to eventually have to touch everything and make sure that we bulletproof the sale, right? That, that we address all the needs and the desired outcomes and the expectations, right? Because yeah. if we don't manage expectations, 
we what we just accomplished in the sit sale is going to go sideways on us, correct? Oh, a- absolutely. I, I, I agree, agree, agree with you full hearty. So my next question for you, Pete, another quiz. Are you ready? Have we had enough caffeine no, today? Or? I don't like these trick questions. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, so in, in what order do we sell them? You know, we talked about problem, solution, outcome. And you disagreed with me. I thought it was really insightful that you said sell the outcome. And, and that's, you know, typical when I'm talking to people, they, they gravitate towards there. And I know their level of experience when they say that. But then we talked about, hey, you kind of got to sell all three. But in what order, Pete? What, what, what would you say to that, that, that quiz, that question? What order do we sell them? Uh, I, this is what I would say. Um, for a retailer, for a retailer, uh, it's very easy to, uh, to find out where they're coming from. Uh, most of the time, they're in the problem phase, wanting a solution, and they haven't gotten all the way to the outcome yet. But it's very easy to ask a couple of questions and find out where they're at and take them. Now, in business to business, and we have a lot of sales reps who have joined us. So if you're a sales rep, um, thank you for joining us. Um, it might be, they might be already at the outcome stage, but they might be, uh, micro focused on a problem and we have to enlarge the conversation. So I'm sorry that I didn't give you an easy answer, but I'm sure you're going to touch on everything anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've, I put a little thought into this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and, and here's what I've found. It's kind of funny after, after, gosh, over 20 years of focusing on this, it, it's, you know, uh, it, pretty interesting to simplify it all the way down to this. But I, I, uh, you know, the, the model that I teach is, um, sell the problem first, you know, and, and make, make sure you, make sure you start and stop on that. If, if there's no problem to be solved, Chances are nobody's buying from you today. You know, you know, uh, because the problem has so much incredible weight, uh, to it in terms of motivating someone to, to buy. So that's where you, you always start on that, you know, that to anchor on the problem. And, uh, I, I won't bore you with too much science here, but, uh, some guys did a study a few, uh, a few years ago. They wrote a book about it called Thinking Fast and Slow. But what they determined, Pete, is humans are irrational creatures. Would, would that be true? Does that line up with uh, what you know about humans? For 41 years, I would wholeheartedly <laughs> agree, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, anyways, the, the reason we're irrational is uh, when it comes to a problem, avoiding a problem or, addri- or fixing a problem, versus achieving a gain or achieving an outcome, the problem wins by a factor of 2x. You know, mm. the problem has way more gravity for someone and in, in motivating them to want to change, change their behavior than the potential gain. So, so losing 50 bucks isn't the same as gaining 50 bucks, you know, in terms of what's motivating. 
you know, it, uh, it, instead of losing 50 bucks, you'd be losing $100 would be equivalent to gaining 50 and motiv- motivating someone to want to change. It, it's, it's off by a factor of 2x. And, and that's just, again, we're humans, we're, we are irrational, and, and that's how we think. Humans love avoiding problems or getting problems out of their life. We, we all hate pain. So definitely when I'm talking to sellers, I'm like going, hey, make sure to find the problem. And most importantly, I highlight the, the focus of um, spotlighting the problem. You know, I, I want to, um, and for the viewing audience, I'm showing a, um, one of my wife's beautiful illustrations that you'll find in my book, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spotlighting a big hairy problem that's going on in someone's life. And, and that's where you need to begin. And uh, so from there, Pete, then, uh, then I say move on to the outcome area. That's where we're going to talk about what uh, life on the beach looks like. And, and again, one of my wife's illustrations for the viewing audience here. Um, you know, what, what's, what's life on the beach? What, what do rainbows look like? What, what happens when my problem goes away? And in, in your context, what happens when I'm getting better sleep? How does that really shift my life? How do I benefit? How does that increase my longevity, my mood, you know, e- everything else about it, uh, my weight, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you paint that outcome dimension for them. And then if, 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 uh, if they're sold on the problem, and you planted that, and that's very real, and they agree, yeah, that exists. Then you move on to the outcome, and, and they agree with the, the benefit, the gain they're, they're going to get to their life. If you have those two agreements, then I argue, and only then, do you get into the solution area, the product that you have to say to sell. And I call that showcasing the solution and all its glory, all its features, functions, benefits. And then also in, in, in these competitive markets, the, the true differentiation, you know, what, what can your customer do that's different than they, than they could with other competitive alternatives? What, what's unique about your answer that, that has a tangible, real impact in your buyer's life? And, and re- really, uh, so, so talk about the solution and talk about that differentiating at, attribute that that's that's quite awesome you know very often pete when we're talking about the solution domain and when i'm working with my clients i'm i'm always asking them hey where's this where's the techron they're like going techron what do you mean and uh do you know when you're buying gas pete and uh you know which gas station has techron do you know by any chance i do not know it's a Chevron. If you it, now, now that I say it, you, you won't be able to un, un, unhear this and unsee it uh, every time you pass a Chevron, Chevron station. But it's Chevron with Tecron. And Tecron is their one thing that you can't find in other petroleum, other, other gas stations. And, uh, and, and when you dig into Tecron, what is it? It's a, it's a fuel additive that, that, uh, makes for a happy a happy engine and a happy engine that's going to drive longer and harder for you and uh, less maintenance. So yeah, definitely use uh, Chevron fuel other uh, competitive alternatives because the others don't have Tecron and Chevron does. And it, and it means healthier engine, you know, uh, better, better, better maintenance for you, uh, lower costs. 
So anyways, I'm always asking my clients that question. Hey, where's the Tecron? How do we, how do we really feature that in a way that's going to be quite meaningful for your buyers? So anyways, that's a, that's the answer to that question, that flow. Um, how does that sound to you? Cause I, um, let me see if I've got another, uh, visual for this. I think I do. Yeah. Just one moment here. Yeah. So I, I introduced the, you know, the problem first. Then the outcome, you know, what's life on the beach look like? You know, what, what's life like when the problem goes away and, and you achieve all that benefit? And then you talk about the solution at hand. What's going to, you know, help that problem go away and deliver on that outcome? So that order, uh, how does that jive with you and your experience, Pete? You know, some, some of the best retailers that I have um, have books full of testimonials. Um, and they have actually separated the testimonials into problems that they've solved. For instance, yeah. customers who had backaches, who they solved the backache problem. Um, customers who were insomniacs, couldn't sleep, how they solved that problem. And one of the things that I love that these retailers do is you cannot walk into their store without seeing these testimonials everywhere. You cannot mm -hmm. get onto their website and do research without seeing their oh, cool. testimonials. Yeah. And so they're, they're proving the outcome and they're creating all kinds of curiosity uh, because if somebody has got a backache or they're an insomniac or any of the others categories. And there's, there's lots of them. And they see that Betty Lou from down the street had the same problem. And my God, they solved the problem at Gardner's mattress and more in Lancaster PA. They're like, they did it for her. Maybe they can do it for me. And by yeah. the way, the last store I was at, they were talking about 70 and 80% off and they weren't talking about me. They weren't talking about my problems. They weren't talking about uh, any possible solutions in terms of getting a better night's sleep. And they weren't concerned about my outcomes, about me yeah. waking up pain-free and happy. Yeah, I, I love it. No, I, uh, so, so well stated. Um, so I, I think we're on the same page then, you know, where we're starting with that problem, then we're moving on to the outcome. And then and only then do we get into that, you know, I call that the how land, you know, how do I, how do I solve that problem? How do I get the outcome? You know, then we talk about how and, and then what might be the product that's part of that overall experience that you talked about earlier, the services and everything else that goes with, with that overall customer experience. But then we can get into the how, the solution domain, which, which has a product component, obviously. But, you know, for, for, you know, great retailers has a bunch more else going on as well versus just that physical asset, if you would. So that's kind of the flow. I do have a funny story to tell you, uh, Pete, in, in the retail domain that I think you'll, you'll love that really emphasizes the importance of this. Um, I was doing a project, uh, for eBay motors and they sell thousands and thousands of cars per month on ebay i don't know if you knew that so a customer shows up and does all their kind of research on ebay 
And they probably have consumer reports and Edmonds and KBB and lot, lots of other little information sources available to try to figure out what ki- car they want to buy, what's a great price for it. And then they go ahead and buy that, that vehicle on eBay. And um, when I was working with eBay, I, I talked to, or I asked them, hey, who's the number one uh, retailer of uh, of cars that are bought on eBay Motors, and um, they uh, they mentioned, oh, that's easy. It's it's Lexus of Atlanta, and I'm like, oh, no, wow, cool. Can can you can I talk to the owners of Lexus of Atlanta? I totally want to hear how they do things. And they go, oh yeah, sure. So I had a conversation with them, and they kind of had their uh, their management team on the phone with me. Thank goodness, it was so fun. Uh, but I was asking them, you know, hey. What percent of your customers that pay for a car, you know, through eBay, pay for it? How many of those customers walk away or, excuse me, drive away with the car they paid for? You know, when they come to pick that up, when they come to get the keys. Mm-hmm. And Pete, uh, that, that's one thing that really surprised me. So the, the buyer of, of a car off eBay, they, they buy that car. They transact and they own it. All they're doing is, you know, flying to Atlanta. Very often they take a train from the Atlanta airport straight to the Lexus of Atlanta dealership to pick up their car. And so again, the question I had of them and for your audience is you just think about this. What percent of those people that come to pick up the keys drive away with the car they paid for? And you'd be shocked. Uh, Pete, do you want to take a guess on it just for giggles? They already paid for the car. They're there to get the keys. Hey, I'm here to get the keys. Oh, cool. What uh, what percent drive away with the car they paid for? 60% drive away with the car that they paid for. 60%? Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, it, it was uh, 80% uh, is what they told me. So... Uh, four out of five. Oh, thanks, Keith, for the 50% vote. It was 80%. And um, so four out of five drove away with the car they paid for, That's which one. really surprised me. You know, that one out of five uh, switched, switch, you know, changed their decision when they were there and drove away, with some, when, drove away with something else. Yeah. And, and it's real simple. I was asking them, you know, what in the heck? You know, why? Is that the case? You know, why do, uh, why does one out of five, 20% change what they drive away with? And he goes, Oh, it's simple. You know, we just ask him, Hey, you know, what are you using the car for? You know, tell us a little bit about your life. And then they talk and, you know, Bruce Shear shows up to pick up his Porsche. And so Bruce, you said you got a wife and three kids. Hey, eh? are, are they, you know, are they in any sports? Well, yeah. And. Uh, wh- you know, what do you use to shuffle them around in and, and their friends? I, well, I, we don't necessarily really have anything. Dude, we could give you a sports van. So you could still try to be cool, but yet give the kids a ride and their friends a ride, you know, but they're, they're, just, they're, they're just trying to get that right, uh, you know, the, the right answer in, in a very beautiful way for, for, for those customers as, as they, they leave Lexus of Atlanta. So, you, you know, just making the point that they're really trying to understand their life and, and the problem to, that they're trying to solve for be, before, you know, p- 
passing over those keys, just making sure that they're, they're going to be well served. And that's great sales at the end of the day, you know, just making sure you got that right fit for, for that buyer, ma- making sure they're, they're happy and, you know, you're, you're really setting them up for success. And it starts again with the, the problem, the outcome, and then the solution. Then you back into that solution. Most junior sellers, Pete, I see have it exactly the opposite way. They start with the, uh, the solution because that's what they're trained on. You know, they got the product manual, et cetera. They're trying to figure out those details. And of course, they want to talk about what they know about. So they start there. And then when that doesn't work, they didn't sell the customer on the solution. Normally, I see them going to the outcome. But hey, if you had this, here's some of the benefits that you'd be able to achieve. And then when that, they're still walking out the door. And when that doesn't work, then they like throw the Hail Mary pass and go, hey, but what about the problem? And, you know, as the person leaves, you know, and, and, and that's the wrong approach. You got to flip that whole paradigm, problem, outcome, solution. Just about that simple. Keith Burrell asks, what percent of customers come in looking for a specific mattress brand and leave with that brand? Oh man, that Pete, is I hope a you have that great, yeah. thought-provoking um, question that's going to vary from store to store. But I would say this: if the if if there is a good process in place that's diagnostic up front, like Bruce is recommending, that focuses on the problem and not the brand, focus spotlights the problem and delves deeper into the problem then uh, the possibility of changing brands is incredibly huge. I would say this. If 50 to 60% of your people don't change brands, you're probably not doing your job or you probably don't have the right uh, selection because you got to remember how the, the retail customer is just getting information from friends, family, Maybe they've done an internet search or two. You can almost bank on that, but they've they're, they've been exposed to propaganda and not science. So, oh, gosh, um, I, I would hope that a large percentage of them. Now, I can see the name brand reps and VPs of sales puffing up their chest, going, "Well, if they asked for my brand, they'd walk out with my brand." Don't be so childish. Seriously. <laughs> Really? I mean, come on, guys and gals. Let me just, come here. I want to talk to you. There's no one else around, just us. You're going to work for a different company at some point. So why are you like willing to alienate everybody in your life over where you currently are at? Tell the truth always, and you never have to walk anything back, guys and gals. So I love this spotlight in the problem. And I imagine you have multiple steps in there. What are some of the questions that you ask to fully diagnose the problem? Oh, what a great question, uh, Pete. I, I love that question. It's, uh, oh, boy, you know, I, uh, oh, you mean even when you're talking to a buyer or as, as you're, uh, you know, I, I'm normally working with uh, organizations that are going to market with a new product, a new solution. And I'm typically trying to ask them, what, what's the problem that this solves for? 
the other thing, P, is um, that the customer might not be fully aware of. They might not even see it. It might be a complete blind spot. But what what's the what's the problem that 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 we can spotlight? You know, to to use my phrase there, um, that 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 buyer might not fully grasp, not 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 perhaps not even see. And that's a fun one. I've got a story. Uh, if if time permits, Pete, I could talk about how my brother sold me an old fishing boat. And, I'd love uh, to hear that. I've never oh, had yeah. anyone with a fishing boat story on my podcast. Go yeah, for it. Heard, I love fishing. I fishing. love boats. This has got to be good, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard lots of fishing stories. Uh, but you know how 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 my brother got me in, in into boating. That, uh, let me highlight that. And that, that really helps illustrate this notion of spotlighting the problem. But, um, during the pandemic, my brother, uh, gave me a call, uh, early pandemic, Pete, when, when everybody was still scared at home, et cetera. My brother gave me a call and he goes, Hey, guess what, Bruce? And I'm like, going, what, Steve? And he goes, uh, dad wants to sell his old fishing boat. And I'm like, just going in my mind, okay, uh, I, I think I know where this call's going. And he goes, yeah, and he uh, wants to sell it on Craigslist. And I'm like going, oh, shit. Dad wants to sell his book on Craigslist. Now, my dad's 94 now, but he was 92 when my brother gave me this call. And, um, I'm, and he, you know, he, he is computer literate to the degree of he can turn on his laptop and do email, surf the web a little bit, but that's about it. So at that time, my dad being 400 miles away from me uh, and me needing to get details about his boat and trying to put it online and, and help him deal with Craigslist. I mean, you know, my, my brain just is getting into a little bit of overload and I'm like just going, Oh shit, Steve. Oh my goodness. And he's like going, yeah, but I thought you might want to buy it. Am I going? <laughs> that's am I going? Code, you, that's thought, you thought I might want to buy gonna it. You're going to pay for it, and he's going to use. It. Yeah, why? Why in the hell would I want to buy it? I'm like just going. Is it is it electric like the new Tesla Model Three I just bought? You know that's kind of cool. Is it cool like that? <laughs> Does it have a 49 inch monitor like the one that's on my desk? You know, I think I told you, Pete, I'm a tech gadget type of geek, but um. He's like going, no, 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 doesn't have any of that fancy stuff. And I go, well, then why in the hell would I want to buy dad's old fishing boat? You know, it makes no sense. He's like going, well, how long have you been living on that island? And I, I live on an island across from the Seattle airport called Vashon Island. But he's like going, how long have you been living on that island? I'm like going, 16 years. He's like going, huh, 16 years living on an island. Without a boat, if I was you, I would just feel trapped. And I'm like going trapped. You know what? 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 What, what do you mean trapped? And he's like going, "What happens if the ferry system breaks down someday?" And I go, "Well, it's broken down before, you know, but I don't necessarily feel trapped. You know, they fix it." And he goes, "Yeah, but I don't know, man. What if it's broken down for a while?" If I was you, I'd just feel trapped. And I go, oh, that's weird. You know, and then he's like, just going, well, hey, here's another one. 
what about that earthquake that's supposed to hit? And, you know, nobody knows when, 50 years, 500 years, nobody knows when, but it's predicted that it's going to be coming. And anything left of, you know, I-5, Interstate 5 is going to get wiped out. And guess what, Bruce? You're left of I-5. He goes, so if I, you know, if I was you, I would just feel trapped. And I'm like, going, well, see, I don't feel trapped. I'll give you a call back tomorrow. We'll figure it out. So uh, luckily, uh, that he called me on a weekend. So that night, I kind of tossed and turned, and I had my my big kids back for the pandemic living with me, and so I'm you know kind of feeling like you know the the provider and the protector of the family, and and hey, what if that earthquake did hit? And so I, I didn't sleep much, obviously. So I called him back the next morning and said, "Hey, Steve, guess what?" And he's like, "What, Bruce?" And I go, "I feel trapped." So so why else should I buy that boat? And then he's like going, well, did you know out in the Puget Sound where you live off that island, about every mile, there's a marina and your wife loves eating out. So you could go marina by marina and they're all kind of open a little bit. You could place a telephone order for takeout. They'd have it ready for you and your wife would just love it. And I'm just thinking, Pete, in my mind, wow, fun and happy, happy wife. How does it get any better? Than that? <laughs> you know, after being trapped on an island, I can go have fun and have a happy wife. So, anyways, you know, you can see what he's doing there. He's painting kind of this this outcome of of, of, of you know rainbows and unicorns. You know, fun and happy wife. So then uh, from there. I'm like just going, hey man, I'm I'm sold. How how the hell do I, you know, you know, how do, how do I deal with this thing? What do I do? Uh, um, you know, where do I store it? For example, and he's like going, well, do you still have that little parking spot up at the top of your property? And I'm like going, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, nobody's parking there. And he's like going, stick it there. You no problem. I go, well, how do I go get it? How do I move it around? He goes, you still have that old Lexus? I go, yeah. By any chances, I have a tow hitch on it. Funny enough, it does. What size? I go, well, it's two inch for my mountain bike rack. And he's like going, perfect. It'll just slot right in. No problem. And then, you know, he answered a couple of other questions for me. But the following weekend, I drove all the way out with the Lexus, picked up that boat from my dad. We we did have kind of a hairy negotiation. He wanted 2000 bucks for it. I countered with 4000 And then we met in the middle. Uh, three thousand. So, um, in anyways, um, so so we uh, I, I brought it back, and that was kind of my gateway drug. You know, we uh, I I used it a ton, and then we're, of course now we're on to boat number two, and I almost bought boat number three this summer. But you know, I I'm a boater. I I just absolutely love it. But my brother, he really you know just walked through all the key elements. You know, he um. You know, he targeted the right buyer. You know, me, I had money and was able to buy a boat. I had a place to store it. And he he knew all this stuff. So he knew I was qualified as a buyer. And I totally didn't even know it. So, you know, and then he spotlighted a problem, a problem that I never in my, you know, I'd lived here for 16 years. I didn't realize I had a problem. Uh, and he gave me that problem in one word, trapped. And, and literally, that just lodged into my brain, and I couldn't get it out. I, I couldn't unhear that. So I, I, he got me, nailed me, highlighted an unconsidered need that I never would have saw, that blind spot. I was trapped. 
Then he moved me on to the outcome layer of, you know, fun and happy wife. Then he, uh, he really talked about the, the boat, you know, and I'm, I'm going, Hey, could I go to those marinas in dad's old fishing boat? And he goes, it's got 14 inches of draft. Sure. He goes, if, if the storms kick up, just go slow. Yeah, it'll handle it. No, no worries. You can get around with it. Cool. And then I'm like going, well, where do I stare it? Store it? How do I, uh, you know, tow it? You know, he answered all my little questions. That's what I call prescribing next steps. And that, that's what a doc, a good doctor does when they're trying to help you help yourself and heal you. They'll give you step by step by step. And I forgot to tell you, my brother's a retired doctor. So an ultimate salesman. Um, but he laid out all those next steps for me to help me buy. And that's typically a lot of sellers don't do that as part of what you talked about earlier on, Pete, in terms of a great selling experience, the service and how everything works. How do you get things dialed in? He really helped with all that detail. Not too much. He didn't lead with it. He made sure he anchored me on the problem. He sold me on the outcome and then and only then he got into the solution and then the how to buy and, and how to bring it into my life. I love that story, Pete. Really kind of just anchors on, on the key points and simplifies everything that, that I'm talking about today. Yeah, he, he did a lot there. And uh, a lot of doctors aren't great salesmen, but obviously this doctor is. A retired doctor, yeah, and and the smarter brother, I I, I sheepishly sadly say. Wow, your dad uh, was awesome. He did a great <laughs> job, man. <laughs> That's so. For our sleep shop owners, adjustable beds are something that your customers haven't thought about. And they should, they will get a better night's sleep. Certain problems that they might have can be alleviated um, or at least improved, if not alleviated completely. So everything that our friend Bruce just said about the boat applies with adjustable beds. One of the things that Sometimes we don't do as good of a job as we should. That is enlarging the uh, customer's uh, viewpoint. And a lot of times there's things going on in a marketplace that for whatever reason, um, your customer's not aware of. So now I'm speaking to you as reps. So my rep friends, uh, without ever um, compromising intel that's privileged, trends that are going on in the marketplace specifically, do you know what new stores are going where, especially big chain stores that our smaller retailers are fearful of? Can you share that intel with them and become the go-to expert uh, when it comes to all the other things? So enlarge in the conversation and making the conversation bigger than what the customer sees at the beginning is never a bad strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely, Pete. Hey, Pete, could I uh, give your audience uh, some other thinking around have that, to have that selling conversation that sizzles? 
I've, I've got a couple of things that I, I hope everybody will enjoy. Sizzles, funny enough, it's not just fajitas and, and uh, you know, creating a show. I, I, I have a bit of a framework around sizzles. And sizzle, you know, it, it's an acronym. And I, I'd like to highlight what that stands for. So the first thing, structure. And uh, that's what Pete and I have talked about with you guys over the last, you know, uh, over the duration of the show where we talked about, you know, targeting the right buyer and then, you know, what's the problem solution or outcome and solution and next steps for them. That's all part of the structure. The other thing, uh, you know, the I as part of Sizzles is for insight. And that's what Pete was just talking about uh, and which triggered the idea for me to share this framework with you. But how do you be insightful for that that target buyer of yours? You know, helping them see what what they don't see, but you do because you've got deep experience and perspective from helping so many people. How can you bring forward that insight to them? And then here's a you know the Z. The first Z stands for Zippy, and there's some science around this, but. You know, you want to match the clock speed of that buyer. Some people speak too slow. Sometimes, you know, people from New York accuse me of speaking too slow. I even had one New Yorker said, Bruce, if I could get through this phone and wring your neck, I would. You got to speed up, you know, but uh, what's the right pacing for that uh, selling conversation that you're having? Is it zippy in in the right amount of speed and and dialogue with them? The other thing, uh, and I think Pete talked about this a little bit, is it zappy? Are you infusing that buyer with energy, you know, in terms of the problem you're going to help go away, uh, the, the outcome you're going to help them achieve, you know, getting them situated in the right type of mattress? Uh, are you zappy? Are they feeling that confidence and energy from you? Are, are you leading them? The L in sizzle stands for leading. Are you leading them, the, the, you know, through that buying journey, a problem, outcome, solution, the next steps and making sure they understand, uh, you know, wh- where it's all going? Are you leading them in that journey? And then are you engaging them? That's what E stands for. Um, are you engaging them visually? Sometimes people are visual learners. So do you have brochure wear or can you sketch something for them or? Anyway, create some visual engagement for them. Are you asking open-ended questions, you know, like those Lexus of Atlanta folks are doing, you know, to, to get people situated in the right car? Are, are you uh, asking the right questions and open-ended questions typically to engage them and making sure they're, they're participating? It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And then finally, the final S, and this is probably the one that I have most fun with, with sellers. I call that SAS. And are, are you sassy? Not in a way that's disrespectful to your parents, but uh, sassy in terms of standing apart, being a little different than other sellers that they deal with, you know, letting your true essence, your authentic self, your personality show up and, and win the day. And, and I, I love the, the, the Pete show. Um, Pete's got so much sass. Pete, I don't know if anybody's told you that, but you are sassy and I, I can just feel that. And, it's wonderful. But uh, my advice is part of a, that selling conversation that sizzles. Just make sure you've got all those structure, insight, zippy, zappy, engaging, leading, and sassy. And, you know, one of the things when we look at good and then we compare that to great retail salespeople, the greatest retail salespeople 
take the most risks with the customers, but they're calculated risks. And yes, they are sassy. They are memorable. They will be the topic of conversation because they went deeper than any other salespeople. You have to be confident to go deeper and ask questions that the other salespeople aren't asking. Bruce, this was delightful, refreshing. I love your structure. I am so glad that you shared this uh, uh, with us. We only have a few minutes left, and it's really important to me that somebody that's been watching our show that says, boy, I, I, I need to talk to Bruce. I, I think this is a guy that could help my business move forward. How do people get in touch with you, Bruce? Yeah, the, the, the best way to move forward uh, with me, um, please connect with me on, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm at B-S-C-H-E-E-R um, on LinkedIn. Uh, so that's a wonderful way. Uh, my website is inspireyourbuyers.com. So if you like what I said, you know, I, I do a lot of writing there. You'll, you'll see my podcast. You'll see a, an article bank up at the top. Um, gosh, you can meet me in the metaverse. I did, Pete, I did confess I am a geek. So I have a penthouse in Dubai where I like to meet people. Uh, you got to check that out. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I'd, I'd say those two places are, are wonderful uh, for, for getting in touch with me. If you want to schedule any dialogue with me, there's a scheduling area on the, on the website as well at the bottom of, of a, each page, uh, if that's useful. Thank you, Chris, for showing this. Isn't Chris amazing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And guys, pick up this book. Uh, inspire your buyers. Go to market with a story that sizzles. Bruce Shear, you got to get it. Just go, guys, my Chris couldn't have made it any easier for you. Just click on that Amazon link right now. Grab this book. Let us know how you like it. Reach out to Bruce. And Bruce, thank you so much. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for everything that you've shared with us. Thank you for the laughs. You are zippy, zappy, and sassy, my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Order now. Who is that? It just says Facebook user. I'm going <laughs> to make a prediction. Based on everybody that I know, it's either A, Stu Segura, or B, it is Scott Vaughn, the owner of Happy Z's. And I'm I hope you guys enjoy Scott. it. Yeah. Or even if you want your team to have it, uh, you know, the, there's a Kindle version, cheaper versions, uh, Audible, if you guys want to listen to it in the car. Um, I, I, I say don't listen to it in your bed. I don't want you to go to sleep. I want you to hear this whole thing. <laughs> um, but it, it's a, it's best selling status right now. Um, I hit bestseller on five different categories two and a half weeks ago. Really excited about it. And uh, so just the uptake is really strong. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Stu, I was right the first time. <laughs> Thanks, Stu, Stu, you always take action and I love <laughs> that about you. You are hungry, my friend, and you've got to be hungry. You have to take action and you have to incorporate new things in your business. I know. That's what I said. I'm buying it on Audible right now. So thanks. So I, I do promise this for everybody. 
It's light on calories, but it's very rich in nutrients. It's only a couple hour book. So uh, for, for people that don't read full books or, you know, the, this one is, is pithy and, you know, just, I, I intentionally wrote it to be read in the course of a flight. So um, I, I personally don't like, like long books, especially when it's one concept just repeated multiple times. I just wanted to make this one really actionable and practical. And so I, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Pete. Have a great day, everybody, and sell a million. And hello to all my friends at Nationwide, the Nationwide Show in Nashville, Tennessee. I hope you guys enjoy Nashville. I hope you all have a great show. Take care. Bye. Bye.